Hello and welcome to Talking Transfers from the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by 90 Min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey, and 90 Min's top cat, Toby Cudworth. Please subscribe to the podcast and all the major podcast platforms and follow us on the various social media out there as well. Twitter, which is working slightly again, at double underscore Scott Saunders, at Toby underscore Cudworth, at Graham Bailey for all the latest from us. 90min.com, 90min.com forward slash talking transfers or all the latest transfer news, 90min underscore football. And you can get us on threads as well, uh, at Graham B. Bailey, at double underscore Scott Saunders. And Toby, you still haven't joined it yet. No, threads, I saw not a thing in your life. No, a hundred million people have beaten me to the punch, but I will join Is it in the fun. Yeah, I saw an article today. Oh, it's wow. the fastest growing platform or app, I think, in history. You're not an early adopter, then. No, I like to kind of see how things go and then kind you're, of jump you're, not miss, you're not you're not missing much, TC. Basically, look at Twitter. It's just it's just Twitter with a different yeah and, and bots. Yeah, the the bots do exist. Yeah, they followed. They're, unfortunately, that is one that has been copied over from Twitter as well. Unfortunately, so if you thought you were going to get rid of the bots, you will not. Graham, how are you doing? Birthday in the family over the weekend. Yeah, my son turned ten at the weekend, so happy birthday to Lucas. He will be listening to this later. Uh, yeah, busy weekend, but does, uh, does he listen? Uh, he does. Yeah, he does. He does listen. To Hi, Lucas. Pod. Yeah, he's um he might listen on his new phone which he got for his birthday, so I'm sure he's going to be listening to that on his new mobile phone. Um, yeah, but he loves football as well. He loves to transfer. Football themed birthday party. Rumors. Yes, he had a football party on Saturday with his football and friends. So yeah, it's been a, it's been it's been it's been like a bit of a royal birthday where it's been all, on all weekend. It's my birthday two weeks today. I might follow suit and have my own football themed birthday party we'll see or chances are i will not be toby how's it going yeah good uh happy birthday to lucas for the weekend we're in the heart of summer now where i'm getting to enjoy football and transfers obviously but the ashes the opens this weekend wimbledon's on it's a great time for british summer sports so yeah enjoying myself toby did i see that you engaged in some cricket action yourself recently I did. I returned to the cricket field on Sunday after a good six or seven years. And my body, we're recording this on Tuesday morning, my body is reminding me that I'm not as young as I used to be. I'm aching and I didn't play particularly well. Cricket is not a sport that you can just pick up and put down. So, uh, yeah, lesson learned on that front. Yes, unfortunately, that will probably take you a long time to recover from. But today we'll be indulging in a bunch of transfer topics so you just have to sit there and talk toby nothing too physical today uh, harry kane on the agenda tottenham and their new potential defensive signings we'll talk about we'll talk about man united's incomings and outgoings chelsea's incomings and outgoings some potential new players who could be moving to saudi arabia there's been plenty to go already plenty more still on the agenda we'll talk napoli arsenal and everton and sean dyche's Everything you could imagine a Sean Dyche team would be. We will talk about that at the end of the show because that those dreams could become in reality. Uh, any any comments there? Any any you know little tidbits of information to keep listeners engaged until the end? I imagine if if you gave him three guesses to which strikers Everton may be looking at, most would be able to get one. <laughs> could probably come up with a bingo card if you're listening to this podcast stick around come up with your sean dyche bingo card and then tick it off as you go along as graham goes through the information of what everton are looking to do 
we, we should build our own ideal Sean Dyche 11. <laughs> actually, not yeah, even on Instagram within the next few days, we could get that on there for sure. Anyway, uh, let, let's start. I'm sure he'd take Harry Kane. I'm sure he would. But Everton can't sign Harry Kane. Can Bayern Munich sign Harry Kane, Graham? Because to me, there's been another bid gone in, right? What, where are we at? 80 million euros, is that right? 70, 80 million euros? That one bid was rejected. The second bid is rejected. Why are they bidding so low? Like, is that just my own takeaway or is this some kind of grand scheme to get him out of Spurs? I, I think it is part of the scheme that Bayern are operating on. You know, they keep the bidding going, keep the talking going. They, they think there's a chink in the armour there for Tottenham. Tottenham don't agree. You know, they, from what we understand, there's been no talks within the Tottenham hierarchy about what, what even the money would be, the ballpark figure to get Harry Kane out. Hasn't been talked about. Thomas Tuchel is pushing this. It's interesting. Uh, they, they, I don't think they're putting all, all their eggs in one basket with Harry Kane because, you know, they are working in the background as other players, Blavic, Kolo Moani, uh, him since more PSG linked at the moment. But, yeah, they obviously know the player if it agree a deal would come. So that's why the bidding, Scott, they know, they know there is that chink that Kane would go to Munich. They firmly believe he would. Terms, not a problem. Personal terms, that is. So they're continuing to try. Um, I don't see from what Tottenham is saying, and I believe them, uh, that there's any way that Harry Kane is available this summer. I really don't see it. Um, yeah, so I, I think they are wasting time to, to a certain degree. But hey, if they think there's a chance of getting him, and, and they're probably thinking this is their best chance to get him, and if he's available on a free transfer, is is he, is he going to is he going to buy in buying in January? Possibly not. You know, there's going to be other options there. I th I find it fascinating that PSG aren't really involved in this. You know, Real Madrid. We know more Mbappe oriented. My United haven't got back involved. As we reported a few weeks ago, most people in Europe did not think Kane's available. They really didn't, no matter what. And that wasn't based on what Kane was saying. It was based on what Tottenham was saying. And I still think that's the case. But obviously, Bayern believe there's a, there's a chance to get him. I don't. I really don't. Is, is, it, is it as simple as saying Man United aren't involved? Or are they just sitting on the sidelines waiting for any kind of indication from Tottenham that they might sell him and they would come back in? I don't, I don't think United are involved because I don't think Kane showed any... Willingness to agitate for United at any point um, this summer, um, and as United aren't in the market for you know not in the market to pay that sort of money, Scott. I think United would think, hey, what 120 million pound for Kane is more likely, and that's why they're probably not in it. Yeah. I think if they gen if United genuinely thought you could get Harry Kane for 70 million pounds, they probably would be. But as we we know. He's not available for seventy million pounds. He's not available for anything under hundred. I'd I'd say if you bid one hundred and twenty million pounds for Harry Kane, you might get a response. You might get him. Yeah. You might. You might get a response. Of that's why. That's maybe when they'll start talking. But I think if you're under that level, I don't see Levy even contemplating a response. Like Toby, like we spoke about this before, and we'll talk about buying in a second. But just on Harry Kane, like our Tottenham. I know that the bids aren't in this range, but if somebody did come in with a hundred million pounds, let's say for Harry Kane, and Tottenham turn their nose up at it, they are literally robbing themselves of a hundred million pounds if Harry Kane does decide, no, nah, I'm going to leave for free in a year. I mean, sure they'll try and talk him into signing a new contract over the course of the next year if he does stay, but you know, is this the wise move? 
Well, I'd say if they had a bid of around 100 million, it'd be foolish to turn it down. Similar to West Ham, if they turned down that kind of money for Declan Rice. I know Harry Kane is five years older than Declan Rice, but he's he's at his peak. But I think he's achieved everything that he's going to achieve at Tottenham. This is what I don't understand about this is what does Daniel Levy think Harry Kane is going to achieve at Tottenham in the years to come, apart from becoming the Premier League all-time record goalscorer? I don't see Spurs challenging for the Premier League. I don't see Spurs challenging for the Champions League because the investment in other teams is too significant. Spurs have got too big a gap to catch up on and they don't have the pulling power for me to give Kane what he wants. So to not sell him for that price, I think would be a huge misstep because you can invest £100 million in three really, really solid players from Europe. We know the price disparity between players in the Premier League and players in the Bundesliga, Serie A, La Liga, etc. I think it would set Spurs on a greater footing moving forward to have that money and to reinvest it, knowing that, all right, Kane's going to score loads of goals for them in the coming years, but what's it actually going to do for them? I think in the long run, it deprives them of being able to fill out their squad more. Um, And for Kane, he's going to have to have one hell of a first meeting with Ange Postacoglu to convince him that staying is the right thing to do because there's been absolutely no evidence as there over the past two, three years that anything is moving in the right direction for Spurs. They're just going around in circles and I can't for the life of me see why he would want to commit to that project for beyond another year. Well, they do to meet this week, Graham. Is is that right? And do you think, I, I think I know what you're going to say, but do you think Ange, is, uh, Ange can talk him round? to say, extend with us or at least stay for the year? I mean, how's this one going to play out? Yeah, it's a tough one. When Harry met Angie, um, this week is taking place. He's due, I think, Wednesday. He's due, Harry Kane, due back in. Who knows, you know? When, Ange, when Ange, Harry Ange... met Angie, we, we have to address that. Yeah. When... Fair play, clever, but go on. Um, he, he's, a play, he's, a, he's a good man-manager, Angie Postacoglu. The players love him. They love playing for him. So if anyone's got a chance of winning him over, um, you would think it would be him. We'll soon see. We'll um, next pod on Friday. We'll probably have a good idea of of how that first meeting's going. I imagine Daniel Levy's a little not not nervous, but um, hopeful that um, Harry Kane falls in love with Angie and they'll be sitting around talking a contract this time next week. Maybe if he absolutely loves what he sees in training, if he believes in him, seems James Madison flying, um, one of the centre new centre half coming in. You know. It, but we may again, say that. I, I, I don't is, foresee it. I don't foresee it. But the question is, even if Tottenham are flying, what do Tottenham win? I think that this is mm-hmm. the this is the point. Like that's yeah. what we've made no, on no, this podcast. You, you're totally you're time. totally right. And that 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 and, and going back to Manchester United point, Scott. That that may be why he's not agitating for United. If he wants to guarantee silverware, Harry Kane, there's only a certain amount of clubs in the world of football you can join. Man City, Bayern Munich. PSG, Real Madrid, Barcelona, maybe. There's, you know I mean? there's only so many clubs. If you really, really want to guarantee silverware every year, there's only so many clubs you can join. And um, yeah, so it'd be interesting to see what he's thinking. Um, I'm not even sure Harry Kane knows what he wants to do at this moment in time. So so we'll see where it goes with it. Um, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, it's a really interesting week for Tottenham and their fans. Let's see um, Let's see how the meeting goes. But I... I Whilst I don't foresee him persuading him to stay, I think he will emphasise the fact that he will be starting the season in Tottenham colours and um, 
we'll have at least one more season in Tottenham Colors with him. And just going to have to be one hell of a smooth talker, isn't he? Because Tottenham, what can they offer Harry Kane this season? Two cup competitions. You can win the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup. You're not going to win the Premier League. We might challenge for the Champions League qualification, but is that really what Harry Kane is looking for or should be looking for? I just don't I That's don't been see the pitch it. for the last seven years. Exactly. So what is he going to say this time that's any different? And Kane agitated for Man City a couple of years ago, changed his mind. We're now back in exactly the same situation. Surely for me, this is the time where Harry listens to what is being told to him, but recognises it's not going to move forward. He is a different level compared to what Spurs are, unfortunately for Spurs fans. That's kind of the reality of it, isn't it? We're talking about Kane being one of the very best in the world. Tottenham are not one of the very best clubs in the world. So for him to achieve what his talent deserves, he's got to move on. And he's got to say, all right, maybe I'll do this final year of challenging for two domestic cups, but then I'm going. And then the onus is on Daniel Levy, isn't it? To either cash in or lose their greatest player ever on a free transfer, which I think would be a PR disaster for Daniel Levy to lose Kane on a free transfer. Can you imagine? I I, I can I can see that. I think I think that's where he's. That's his gamble, and that's the gamble he's doing, isn't it? It's the it's the same as the PSG and Mbappe, although they made it clear. Um, what does he get from that? Comparable situation, you know. PSG do not want to lose Kylian Mbappe for free. They do. They have come out and said it, and I re- I reckon. Real I think we might get a, a value deal at some point. With, so. with with Kane, I think TC. I think the only chance he's got of keeping him is being won over by Ange Postecoglou, and to do that, he's going to have to play for him for at least six months. So that's the gamble he's taken. He if he if he genuinely thinks that Postecoglou can win him over, he has to stay at least until January, which is when he can sign a pre-contract anyway. So but, I, that's a gamble that Levy's taken, and um, I think he's going to take it. What do you think Postacoglu is going to tell him that he can win, though, in the next two or three years? What is the ambition at Spurs? Is it to be in the Champions League? Because Kane's already done that for years. He's not achieving anything new. Is he going to say we're challenging for domestic cup competitions every year? We're going to try and win the Europa League? Is that, I think, the, is that the promise? I think he'll probably, he'll probably want... Kane will, would want to hear that he thinks within two years Tottenham will challenge for the title. And he'll soon know within six months whether that's likely. I mean, I think that's a long way off, personally. But maybe they'll yeah. they'll get there by strengthening their defence. Toby still talking to two players. They are um, Mickey Van der Ven of Wolfsburg has been the real name, kind of top of the list for the last couple of weeks. A young Dutch centre back who can also play at left back. Recently played for the Netherlands in the Under Twenty One European Championships. Talks ongoing with Wolfsburg over him from a player perspective. It's quite advanced. He's keen to make the move to North London uh, in order to progress his career. Spurs not quite as far down the track with Wolfsburg, but they're also looking at Edmund Tapsoba from Bayer Leverkusen, who's slightly more expensive in terms of valuation. Leverkusen wanting around 50 million euros from our understanding. Wolfsburg potentially around 10 million euros less for Van der Ven. But again, Spurs continuing those talks as well and I think it's a case of keeping all of their options open and uh, I don't necessarily rule out Spurs signing both players or trying to sign both players because we know they want to move central defenders on 
But it's an awful lot of money to potentially fork out for two centre-backs when there's other areas of Spurs' squad to be addressed. But as it stands, Tapsober and Van der Ven, they're both keen to make the move. Spurs have got a little bit of work to do with the clubs. But as I say there, Graham, there are potential outgoings for Spurs and deals they might not do, which could lead to both of them coming in. Clement Longley for one from Barcelona. Yeah, Longley obviously appeals to Daniel Levy, being a free transfer. As you say, we're looking roughly at just short of £100, 100 million, pounds, isn't it, for these two? That is a lot of money for Spurs. Davinson Sanchez, um, he's been offered to Galatasaray. I think that deal has a chance of happening. But again, only £10 million coming in for him. It, it's And obviously, these aren't release clauses, so they don't have to all be paid in one go. But when you've already got Romero there, I think it would depend on what Ange wants. You know, is he playing a back four, most likely? So, it's a lot. One of these will be on the sidelines. So, I think what we've seen, they backed away from um, David Raya in goal for the sake of 10, 10 15 million. So, as it stands, although I think Tapsoba would be first choice, I suspect they may go Van der Veen because he's 10 million cheaper. Um, I think that's what we're looking at. And we've seen that happen before. Really, really interesting. Um, they could probably do with them both. But, you know, Eric Dyer's Di- Di- only got a year, a year left, hasn't he? He's not going to sign. But as you say, TC, you would think that would be a, a too big a power portion of their budget um, to spend on two central defenders. But I guess some Spurs fans would argue if it's what's required, it's what's required. The only other thing to add, really, on Van der Veen, he can play left back. And mm. if Spurs are going to move to a back four, we know Ivan Perisic is potentially looking to terminate his deal and return to Croatia. Ryan Sessegnon isn't really a left back and has never really impressed in that role. He's been very in and out of the side playing wing back. And Ben Davis is their other option who, for the large part of the last 18 months, has been playing left centre back. So he's very out of practice playing in a back four. And he's not particularly quick, is he? Whereas Van der Ven. He's forget, we are forgetting the, the new left back, TC. Of Destiny. course, Destiny Adogi. Destiny, yeah, yeah um, who who can play both. Um, but yeah, Van der Ve- I say, but left footed Van der Veen. Is he a left back? You know, like, this is my question. Well, is I don't think he, he, I don't left think he is. I, I, I've, I saw clips of him. I think he can play there. He can he can play left back. He's just a modern day fullback. <laughs> how, how many I of mean, these modern yeah, day fullbacks modern can defend fullbacks anyway? Can't defend. Can Spurs yeah. really play a back four with Pedro Porro on one side and Justin well, Udogi on the other you, side? You do have Ange Postacoglu, so maybe it's yeah. It's it'll be interesting out. to see. It'll be interesting to see which way he goes with that. Obviously, um, and does he if he if it's a back four, does he want a left side? Does he want a left footer? No, we know Tapsoba can play there, but he's he is right footed. So um, we'll see which way they go with it. Um, yeah, um, but I said it looks to be a back four, though, doesn't it? The way they'll go. Yes, we'll see how Spurs do in the market over the next few. I reckon Harry Kane's going to run and run, personally. I, I, it's in his own interests not to commit to anything at Spurs until the window closes. So we'll see the outcome of he's, this. He's, uh, only, he's only six months away from being able to sign that pre-contract, Scott. I think that's, and think, I think of how much money he can make. Exactly. Simon, so I don't. I don't. Even know. if he didn't leave, I don't think he'd be too disheartened knowing that he's six months. If he does want to sign for. Real PSG by Munich. He is only six months away from being able to do that. Harry Kane's first challenge. Sorry, Scott, before you move on. He's got a Wings of Death hot sauce thing. That he's yeah, doing I did on see Twitter. this. Did you see this? Mm. So his number one priority is not blowing his face off with a 
hot sauce on chicken wings. But yeah, interesting. Keep an eye out for that. I'm, I'm sure that will be some viral content for you. Um, but yeah, more footballers doing that. I'm up for it. Let's uh, let's talk Manchester United. Uh, Andre Onana, not done yet, but close. Graham, uh, United closing in personal terms are done. And David De Gea has officially left Manchester United. Uh, let, let's talk goalkeepers to start with, Graham. What Your take, do you want to give an ode to David De Gea? I think he deserves it. Club legend. I think he's in the club legend ranks personally. Just he didn't get as many trophies as previous uh, previous goalkeepers. But nevertheless, he has walked away. Yeah, he's walked away, as I, I tweeted. Um, classy. Classy departure. He's a classy person. Classy player. Everything that United haven't been in this in this situation with him. Um, but his head's held up high. He obviously has a love for the club, which he hasn't disparaged him in any way, shape or form, has he? Which is nice to see in the modern day, modern game. Um, so yeah, he whatever. It's interesting to see what he does. Um, I think he'd like to return to Spain, ideally, and play a prop. <laughs> I do beg you about it. Play, play European football at a high level. Um, but he does have interest in, in Saudi Arabia as well. Interesting to see where they go. And Onana, yeah, um, by understanding, United would have liked him in Oslo to play against Leeds United. Leeds you're playing, isn't it, in Oslo, Scott? Um, I think they would have liked him there to do that. You know, Ten Hag wants his new signings in. He made that clear before pre-season. He wants them in quick. He will be there. Um, he's going to double his money at United, but still only just over 120 grand a week, we understand, Scott, which, again, does have... Gene Henderson th- realms, those. It highlights the issue they've got with the squad players where wan and Maguire, two players who, who aren't first choice, they're on more money. Them two combined are going to be on more money than Anthony Martinez and Onana combined. It, it, it's staggering. That, that's that's that highlights the problem United have got with some of these players, and not not just United, but other players, but particularly United at this moment in time, and that is hamstringing them in other, in certain other regards, you know. Um, but Anana, people yeah. wonder why they protest against the Glazers for allowing that absolute ridiculous mismanagement of funds for dec for a decade plus, you know. Is that people yeah. wonder why? <laughs> It's just one of your own yeah. reasons, but you know. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting. It, one. Can you blame the Glazers for? Of course you can. They are the ones who who say yes to everything. Okay. I, I don't. I don't wish to get involved in the United politics, but um, I think that yeah, it's a. It's it's not a United. It's not just an United disease. It's happened to as we've seen clubs all over the Premier League, all over English football. It happens. Well, and it's still did happening it for a few years, didn't Yeah, they, it's know? still happening now. Um, yeah, so Onana will be done, and then the uh, United um, will be looking for an. Remains to be seen. If looking for number two, Tom Heaton. I, I think Tom Heaton and Corvair were there, um, but I still think United might sign another keeper as well. Um, but then they'll be moving on to the the striker front um, once Onana is in. Rasmus Hoyland is the name on the agenda at the moment. We've already talked Harry Kane, but Graham, we have we have said in previous months, and the United's financial position doesn't dictate that they can do this. But we have said in previous months, two lists of strikers. There's your optimal first choice ready-made strikers and then there's your younger list of development players and could either be one or the other but optimally two not in a position to do that though no the Norton and the Mason Greenwood situation as well does he get his chance does he get loaned out um, obviously he's very much in the conversation now fascinating obviously Hoyland seems to be the one 
um, that United are pushing for. They've moved ahead of, make, they're making sure they're ahead of others in, 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 in this race for him. Juve have sniffed at him, PSG, a few others. Um, it looks like he's going to be the one. He wants to come to United. He's made that clear. We've done that story a few um, a few weeks ago that he does want to come to United. So, um, yeah, I think United, um, they're getting there with him. Talks are continuing, Scott. It's going to be around £50 million, probably slightly more than they would want to do, but um, such has been the interest in him recently. That probably is the, is the right amount around him at the moment. So, um, big risk, you know, obviously huge saving, but um, nine goals in Syria, does that make a Premier League number nine? We'll soon see. Yeah, def- definitely a concern. Uh, but United do need... I was going to give a, a, a certain spoiler away then, but I'm not going to. Uh, wait until the end of the show for more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, let's talk about potential exits. Some players have already left United, but we did a story yesterday, Graham, on Donny van der Beek possibly leaving Fred, Scott McTominay, Harry Maguire as well. Uh, let's do Donny first. I'll, I'll come to you on that and mm-hmm. we can say the lay of the land on each player. Just do it quite quickly. Van der, yeah, I think I think I was one when I was getting information around this. Was uh, you, you do forget Donny van der Beek's even there, don't you? <laughs> He's one in the background going, wow. He's still there. Okay. Um, yeah, the chatter is people trying to work on a deal. A lot of interest there. Wouldn't surprise me to see him head back to Holland. Maybe with Ajax or even Champions Final, you know. Um, it's probably gonna be have to be a loan deal. He's not on mega mega money, but he's still on good money. Um he's on Premier League money, which a lot of other leagues can't even compete with Premier League money, you know. Um just hasn't worked he, out, has it, Scott? Toby, does he go down to Davy Clarsen? Really just think, just thinking. When you said return to Holland, I was thinking Davy Klaas and exactly that. Um, just before you continue, Graham, I think it's a shame for Van der Beek because I actually think there's a really good player in there, but things just haven't worked out for him, have they? And then he had that loan spell at Everton where I hoped that would kind of get the best out of him, but I don't think there was a worse landing spot for him than Everton. Could have been any other Premier League team. And he might have fallen on his feet a bit. Um, obviously, injury robbed him of the final few months of last season. I think it's a shame, but I think you're right. For him to get his career back on track, Netherlands' return is looking most likely, I'd have thought. Well, Ajax probably have some money to burn in their coffers because United gave them bloody loads last summer. Well, they're gonna, yeah, they're going to have room. Edson Alvarez... Um... TC obviously hoping we might see him um, in England pretty soon in West Ham mm-hmm. colours possibly so there will be some room at room at Ajax that's for sure. Uh, what about Fred? Uh, is uh, do United have a real chance of making some money back on Fred? Probably more than anyone in the squad outside of Dean Henderson. Um, making some money, yeah. Not they won't make. I'm not saying good money. I'm just saying money. Oh yeah, they'll get they'll get a permanent <laughs> fee for him, but you know it's a big difference. United would like over twenty million for him. They're not getting that. I think Fulham have an interest. West Ham have sniffed. Um, Saudi Arabia. There's interest in Italy. You know, interestingly, Jose Mourinho likes Fred and, and McDominay. Um, so I think you're looking at £15 million, Scott, roughly around that figure. Um, that's going to be not his exit. A, it's not a terrible deal for a guy in the last year of his contract at 30. It, it's not. He, he's... He's not a bad player. I think he's one who who Ten Hag liked a lot, but in the last month of the season, he really dropped down the pecking order somewhat. Yeah. Um, so it's not a massive surprise. Yeah, he's it, one will go. 
it'll help United maybe do other things. Um, not massively, but it's, it's more about getting the wages off off as well. With last year's contract, he's on good money now. So yeah, we, expect, we fully expect Fred um, will. But he's, our understanding is he's not in a massive hurry to leave Scott. But I think once he sits down with Ten Hag, he'll be aware, and I think he's just weighing up his options really. Uh, what about you? Mentioned Scott McTominay there. I know that yeah, Toby's lads have been. Well, David Moyes, you just mentioned uh, Jose Mourinho likes McTominay as well. Of course, there was that moment where Mourinho stood up in front of United staff and said he was his player of the year when he was just young and breaking through into the team. Uh, David Moyes, rumoured to like him as well. But Newcastle have obviously signed Sandro Tonali, so that's that's an avenue possibly closed off, is it, Graham? And I'll, I'll come to Toby in a second. Yeah, I think the interesting England's going a little bit cold on Scott McTominay, unfortunately. It's probably do with price tag as well. Um, Newcastle, if it was a if it was a loan, but I don't think United will loan him um, out at this moment in time. Brighton's interest is is cooled as well, from is our understanding. West Ham is on their list, but don't think he's at the top of it by any stretch of imagination. But again, I think West Ham would like. A, a, Alone with a view, possibly depends on the price, but it's something United are looking to avoid. That um, chances are he's going to have a chance of competing here. And can you afford to let Fred and McTominay go without a another coming in? Um, it'd be a big risk, wouldn't it, Scott, to let them both go? I rate McTominay. I think he's just been misprofiled for several years. <laughs> he's just he goes down with Fred as the the McFred double pivot midfield, and I don't think either mm. of them are double pivot midfielders. I think they're both advanced high presses personally all uh, right because you... I, I tell you what scott uh, one thing um mention um matomini i like him at center half i think he plays that uh, he's played that for scotland looks really good i like him as i like him as a ball playing center half i really do toby west yeah, ham I, I think he'd be good at west ham um i agree with graham i don't see west ham looking at him as anything other than a loan with an option to buy. And that obviously probably won't appeal to United at this stage, but West Ham need to address other areas. And I just think they want to to sign other players on permanent deals, um, to be perfectly honest. But I agree that there is a player in there with McTominay. He may not have all of the attributes that you'd typically associate with a Manchester United level midfielder, but he's a good player to have on your books in big games. He works hard. He gets stuck in, and I know that's a bit of a cliche thing to see, but sometimes you need a runner in your team, someone willing to get in the face of the opposition. Roy Keane talks about it all the time. It's about sending a message sometimes to the team that you're playing, and McTominay can do that, and all right, he can't do everything with the ball at his feet, but as Graham says, he's not terrible with it. Um, Can play centre-half, can be a threat in the final third. He had that mini goal-scoring run, didn't he, Scott? He scored some important goals for United and I think you could do a lot worse than turn to your bench with 20 minutes to go when you're looking to see out a game and bring on Scott McTominay I think he's a Get good out there option and run. absolutely and he's, he's, yeah. he's not and, and when we talk about Fred and Maguire Wan-Bissaka money McTominay's not in that bracket he's mm. come through with you Frank he's, he's not in that bracket I I think United would make you know obviously you sell the player from within your own um, academy FFP wise it, it's a it's a real plus point but that aside, I don't see the massive need to, to jettison him, really. Um, I think the the, the 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 desperation from a United fan, well, fan perspective, I see a lot of fans saying this, is that he's at oh, he's what, 27, I think, 26, 27, not on a big wage, could really command 
I think we've done pieces on this before, Graham, like 30 ish million. Like yeah. that's kind of what they'd be expecting. That's his market value. It's a lot of cash. Um, yeah. Whereas other players like Fred, half that price, who are all. It's all pure. Not... I said, and on the FFB sheet, it's exactly. pure profit. Yeah. It's just pure, pure profit, which is a big help to as many teams. As Chelsea found out. Am I, being, well, uh, am I doing a disservice, sorry, Scott, to say Scott McTominay? He reminds me of Darren Fletcher. Fletcher <laughs> was probably better with his overall game, but had a similar role. Like He wasn't perceived as being a star player in that United team, but boy, did he have a role to play. And at times, was really, really important. I don't think you're wrong. I just think McTominay suffers from the fact he's been misprofiled for, mm. for a long time. And if you're asking yeah. him to... You need these homegrown players, Scott, though, as well, where we've seen um, Zidane Iqbal go and, and a lot of these homegrown players. And, and United need that. Not yeah, of course. Of it, but you do need a handful of homegrown players at Old Trafford. You have to have it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Garnacho's come through the youth system. Kobe Manu, I'm sure, at some Garnacho point. Garnacho was a signing from... Like, yeah, but, you know, he's, he's, been there for, he's been there for several years, like th- through the... the you, you're telling me he doesn't count as an academy product? Not in my eyes, because you signed him. Well, he literally does count as an academy product because he's been... Oh, yeah, I know. Literally, yeah. Yeah, in terms of Premier League, what their class, yes, he does. But I I see him as a signing, if you know what I mean. Well, yeah, but I'm going through... Kobe Manu is another one who Mm. maybe... He was involved involved towards the end, wasn't he, Lassin? Yeah, I think Eric Tanag likes him. So that's another player coming through, but obviously I think he's just... See, Charlie Savage was called up to the squad for pre-season, was he, Scott? He's been in around the fringes for a while, but I, I so think... Two or three went to called up. It wouldn't surprise me to see Savage leave, but uh, let's let's move on to... Let's stay on the midfield. We'll come to Harry Maguire last. We've done, we've done loads on the United. Uh, Sofiane Amrabat, Graham. Is it fair to say that United need to shift some players on and sign players of higher priority first before they move on to him? Yeah, they like him. You know, He's a player who Liverpool liked as well. Um, there is a suspicion... That he may not be that. He may not be. Not that he doesn't want to move to England, but I don't. I think he's one of these players who's Premier League or nothing, so to speak. I think he's got other options. Atletico Madrid like him a lot. They're pushing for him. Diego Simeone wants him. Personal terms are done. Deal isn't far away. I'd be surprised as it stands right now. I'd be surprised Atletico were beaten to him, to be honest. But he is on United's list. A lot of teams like him. He had a brilliant World Cup. Thirty million euros is the price. It's not Atletico an awful lot of have that money. money to put up. <laughs> they, they have just got rid of Condogbia, so they're doing work. I think Jao Felix. Not much money though. No, Jao Felix will be on his way out soon. So I think it's one that Atletico are working on. But I think the player quite fancies. He's a very Diego Simeone player, isn't he? You know, I think if you are Amrabat, um, someone like Simeone is going to get the best out of you. I think Atletico would suit him down to the ground. To be honest. Quick one, Harry Maguire. Will he leave Manchester United? Um. I think this will run for the whole window. Another one of these, Scott, I think it'll run for the whole window. We'll see what happens with Juventus in terms of their ingoings and outgoings. And Juventus would like him on, on loan. Um, I think Inter and Milan have had interest as well. But, uh, you know, I think we read pieces of saying he's got a 50 million price tag. United, United aren't selling Harry Maguire unless it's for 2030 and they can get his wages off. Or if they sell him at 50 million, United would have to pay half his wages for the rest of his contract. It, it's one of those. Um, I don't think he's in a massive hurry to leave Maguire personally. And that, that we did say that that was one of the reasons why United didn't pursue Kim. They knew that Maguire wasn't leaving quickly, so they couldn't go for Kim because they knew that uh, Maguire wouldn't be out. Uh, Kim, who's about to sign for Bayern any day, by the way. Um, 
it's it's a fascinating one. Yeah, um, Maguire, I think for his own good, he needs to get out, Scott. I really do, but I think a loan deal would suit him. Um, I don't see him ever winning the fans over completely. Um, and, and, and Ten Hag does like him. That's not to say he doesn't like him, but he's just on too much money for a player who he's he's on the sort of money that you give to someone who is the cornerstone of your team. And he just well, isn't he's meant that. to be. He's a club captain. But... Yeah, and he, he, he just he'll never be that again at United. So um, whether he moves this summer, United hope so, Scott. They really do. Let's uh, move off of Manchester United. I'll fire through some quick stories. Daishi Kamada, Milan deal is off and there's some interest from England in him. Steal of the summer, Graham? I love this player. I, I, Daishi Kamada, on a free transfer. It's a fascinating one, really. Obviously, Milan did the deal. Um, it's like this. Uh, it's like the football manager thing, isn't it? Where we delayed this transfer for weeks and weeks. Milan had finally been cancelled. Uh, <laughs> they haven't approved it. Um, interesting. You know, Dortmund have liked him. Inter Napoli liked him. Tottenham and Newcastle liked him before. You know, we we know that um, Angie Postacoglu knows all about the Japanese players, and there's none better than this guy. Than this guy. On a free transfer, wouldn't surprise me to see Tottenham get back involved in this. He, as you say, Scott, he could be an, an outstanding pickup for any Premier League team on a free transfer. He really, really could. Let's move on to. We'll come to Saudi Arabia in a second. Back with Toby, but let's talk. I suppose this is Saudi Arabia related. Romelu Lukaku has had offers uh, from clubs in Saudi Arabia. From Juventus, still at Chelsea. He doesn't want to really go back to Chelsea. There is one club that he wants, Graham. Will he rejoin Inter? Yeah, he will. Just a matter of when and how. That <laughs> still isn't done and dusted yet. He doesn't want to come back to Chelsea. He doesn't want to join him for pre-season. I don't think it's a matter of him being on strike, etc. He just doesn't see the need for him to go back to Chelsea. He may have to if it carries on in this in this manner for a few weeks. I don't think Chelsea particularly want him back. But, you know, if they have to force it in his hand and say, I think Chelsea at some point will say to Lukaku and Inter, right, you're coming back if you can't agree this deal. Uh, he's turned down Juve advances, turned down Milan, turned down Saudi. He's really committed to Inter. You have to give it to him. And Inter and the fans are loving this. They're loving the fact how committed Lukaku is to this. He's willing to take a pay cut. Into trying to hammer out his deal. Um, I do wonder whether he'll earn the money when that arrives in, in Milan in not too distant future. I wonder if that'll help. It probably will. But yeah, this will happen. It's just a matter of when and how, Scott. Um, Chelsea obviously want a permanent deal not happening. They want a loan with a mandatory. Inter ideally want um, a loan with obligation. Although, I think it might get done permanently, you know. I think there might, I think there might be a bit of give and take on both sides, but there's only so much giving that Chelsea will do. Toby, are you surprised at this? Obviously, because Lukaku's obviously made his decision; he wants to go to Inter. When he left Inter for Chelsea, when they put in banners up, you know, all <laughs> this was only a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? How that move has turned out for all parties. I mean, I can understand why Lukaku is so set on going back to Inter. He's absolutely adored there, right? And he had a great time of it pre-Chelsea move with Lautaro Martinez. And that was kind of rekindled last year, although he was in and out of the team, rotating with Edin Dzeko. Um, The interesting thing for me is that Lautaro isn't guaranteed to be at Inter himself because 
Andre Onana is leaving, but if they reinvest this money, well, a large portion of that money into trying to get Lukaku back to San Siro, for me, Graham, there's probably going to need to be more outgoings at Inter. And Lautaro, as we know, is thinking about moving on. He's probably got to the end of what he can maybe achieve at Inter. And he's got a lot of big teams looking at him. Could Lukaku suddenly be Inter's number one striker if he does go back and Lautaro departs? Well, we know Zecho's left, which is obviously a big wage off for Bill. Lautaro, his plan was to move this summer. He's, he's one of those, he's, he's always been in the in the outskirts of number nine market, hasn't he? We know United have asked about him in the past. And I think if United had endless money um, available this summer, he would be in the equation there. I think he's in the equation at Chelsea, just not number one. He's, he's number two and three on a lot of lists. So I, it's it's a tough one. Yeah, I think ideally they'd like Lauturo and, and Lukaku up there. But yeah, we may see a few more departures. Denzel Dumfries has been quite on his front as well. Still expect he might leave this summer. So, because obviously Inter did need money in, which Onana will bring, but they didn't get the Milan Skriniar money, which they were banking on, and they were banking a lot of a lot of money for him, and they haven't received that. So, yeah, I, I think you're right, Toby, because it's time for Tazi as well. So I think there might be a few more outgoings at Inter as well. The left back Demarco is an interesting one. A lot of Premier League clubs like him. Wouldn't surprise me to see a few late bids for him. Switch back to Chelsea. Uh, how much can we talk about Moises Caicedo? I don't think it's really moved on that much, has it, Graham? No, it's what we said. Uh, we said this, um, not some people catching up, but we did a few weeks ago. We said, and we discussed this in length, that Brighton want Declan Rice money. And everyone's in agree. That's, not, that's coming out. That's what they want. Talks on going in the background. He is Chelsea's number one target. He does want to move there. Um, and I expect now that Potch is in there, back for pre-season he's assessing the midfield department that that one will get going soon um personal terms not a problem but yeah between the two clubs might have a few weeks to run but Chelsea might really push the pedal on that this week uh Chelsea still looking at well, obviously they've they've their ownership have bought Strasbourg in France uh they are looking at the French market El Yawahi who is a fantastic football manager gem from FM23. I didn't even hear him until I signed him on FM earlier this year. He absolutely plundered goals for me, and he's doing well for his current club. Is there interest uh, from Chelsea in him? How is this going to work, Graham? Uh, there's interest in Bluecore, which is the new um, company taking care of all the clubs within this Chelsea system. Mul- Are they going to ex- exclusively buy clubs who play in blue? Various shades of blue. Possibly, yeah. Strasbourg wasn't a good start, was it? More of a city blue then, wasn't it? Um, yeah, so Blue Core looking at um, Al-Wahi. Is that the right pronunciation? Um, very good player, very good player. Um, so, yeah, we think that... Will he be registered as Chelsea? This is the thing now. Chelsea are part of the talks, but is it Blue Core really rather than Chelsea? Will he be loaned? I think that's something they're looking at. Um, Chelsea is a company. We've seen how City are doing it. Obviously, the City Football Group, a huge, huge number of clubs within within that system now. Chelsea hoping that, that there will be other clubs following. But, yeah, keep an interesting, interesting one, this one, whether he can be persuaded. I think the player himself might be inclined with Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, he's been looked at as a Cole Moani replacement so it's interesting well, I don't think Chelsea have this one all the wrong way but it'd be interesting to see if he does go what promises has he got to move to Chelsea is he purely a Strasbourg player um, it's a fascinating one this one we'll soon see where Chelsea are going with the multi-club ownership with this one Talk to us Graham about Ibrahim Adel 
Yeah, it's a very similar situation. We're told that um told on this one that it's more Chelsea's interesting him is to send him to Strasbourg as well. Ibrahim Adel is a player we have talked about before. Um last year uh, Mo Salah recommended him to Liverpool. He basically is one of the best young players in African football, has been for a little while. Um he plays the pyramids in, in Egypt. Um, Mo Salah, as I said, liked him, recommended him to Liverpool. Now the thing with Ibrahim Adel is he is a full national. He's got four caps. He's just been voted best player of the tournament at the African under-23s, um, which Morocco beat Egypt in the final. But he was outstanding, Ibrahim Adel. And he's a player who a lot of Premier clubs have been looking at. The problem being that he didn't quite qualify under the permits. He was a full national, but only has four caps. So he's been a huge talent, but they haven't had the chance to sign him. The likes of Anderlecht, we're looking at him in January. Nordisland, um, we're looking at him as well. But with the change in the permit system now in England, which this summer means that any Premier League and Championship club can sign two players who wouldn't automatically qualify, that can increase to four players as the season's going, depending on how many homegrown players you've got. But this is really interesting. This is one of the first real players who could benefit from this new change of the law. So now Chelsea are in for him. Um, Newcastle like him. West Ham, Brighton and Brentford, you know, they, they know a good player when they see one. Really interesting player, this one. He's a huge, huge talent from what I'm told. Um, a lot of clubs really, really like him. Um, so it'll be fascinating to keep an eye on this. This is one of those players though, who, yeah, um, wouldn't wouldn't have got a permit in the past. Um, but now the England England option is open to him. And it, and his, it is the representatives are taking full advantage. And there was a lot of English interest in him. Can I just mention, Scott, two other Chelsea players here. David Datro-Fafana left today to join Union Berlin on loan. So Another FM gem. Yep, and the start of the new Chelsea loan army. But I also wanted us to give us uh, to give a mention to Baba Rahman, whose Chelsea career is finally over. After eight years, he joined PA OK Salonica yesterday on a permanent deal after seven loan spells away from Chelsea. I believe it's Pauk. No, yeah. no. PA, okay, that's what I prefer. Old, <laughs> old, old school. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, Toby, let's move to, well, Saudi Arabia. What is the latest? Because we have some big names going over there. And as we teased earlier in the show, there are potentially some more big names going over there. And two of them could have been playing in a dream world in a Man United midfield a few years ago. Paul Pogba, to start with, or his replacement was going to be, who we'll talk about in a second. Let's do Paul Pogba first. Okay, Paul Pogba first. Uh, There's actually a story Graham broke at the beginning of June that Saudi Arabia had identified Paul Pogba as one of their lead targets for this summer window. We've then seen deals happen for a number of other high-profile players, Benzema, Kante, Firmino, Neves. We could go on and on. But Paul Pogba visited Saudi Arabia over the weekend, which we believe was largely unconnected to pursuing a move. He was there for other business interests and personal reasons. But while he was there, talks were held or the initial discussions were held over over moving to the Saudi Pro League. They view him, Piff this is, view Paul Pogba as the cornerstone signing this summer. They think Paul Pogba is the best Muslim footballer in the world. Uh, and they really want to to bring him to Al-Itihads, where he would play alongside Karim Benzema and N'Golo Kante. And were he to make that move, we understand he'd probably be the highest paid player in Saudi Arabia. Now, Benzema takes home around £172 million 
a year. And we're talking about Pogba exceeding that when you factor in image rights uh, and other add-ons and other factors. As it stands, Pogba, loyalty Juventus, he wants to get into France's Euro 2024 squads under Didier Deschamps, even though he only played 150 minutes for Juve last season. So it's fair to say that his move from Manchester United has fallen flat. Um, that's not to say this won't be resurrected. I think if Pogba showed a willingness to move to Saudi Arabia, Juve would be open to it. They need to raise money. Pogba's on a lot when it comes to wages there. It could be something that happens. Um, and he may not be the only one, because as you've just mentioned there, Scott, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, who's been linked to United, Real Madrid, every big team that you can imagine for the last three or four years. And Fulham last year, Graham, as you might recall, um, it looks like he's finally going to leave the Italian capital after eight years at Lazio. He's another player who's had a massive offer from Saudi. I think it's 10 times the amount of money he's on at Lazio. Um, Lazio's president has all but confirmed that an offer is there. I think it's Al-Halal that Milinkovic-Savic would be going to. Around 40 million euros is being tipped at the moment. I think 50 million euros is what Lazio would like to get a deal over the line. And it's down to the player, really. I think he's exploring still whether or not there's any opportunities in Europe before he actually commits to doing this. But if he does, he will again become one of the highest paid players in Saudi and another big, big coup um, for the Saudi Pro League. Anything to add in there, Graham? Yeah, interesting. I think he's probably probably closer to Fulham level now than he ever has been. Milinkovic Savage. I'm sure, I'm sure Mitrovic is Mitrovic is pushing um, for that. But to be fair, they they got the better end of that deal when going for Paulinho, didn't they? So who's was one of the best midfielders in the Premier League last season? Interesting. Yeah, um, I'm surprised that Saudis have gone for Milinkovic. So I was given how much he struggled during the World Cup in the heat of Qatar. Um, he, he really did disappoint in that tournament for me, as, as he always has done. I've really never, never seen the uh, the, the joys of Milinkovic-Savage ever playing well. Um, but yeah, it's a big move for the Saudis again. And the Pogba one, yeah, fast, fascinating with him. Um, he's number one target. I think it's a matter of when he moves to Saudi rather than if Paul Pogba. But I would say Juve... Not necessarily this. You're not saying necessarily this summer, Graham, but just at some no, point. No, yeah, it's when... Yeah, I think that... Allegri's there. I think a lot will depend on Allegri. If Allegri says to Paul Pogba, look, time for you to move on, I think he will go. But if Allegri's saying, look, give me another year, I think he'll stay. I mean, Allegri's staying at Juve is playing a major part of this. And it's interesting that Malinkovic-Savic was a huge target for Juve to replace Rabiot if he left. But obviously, Rabiot stayed. So we didn't see that domino effect because that would have included Jorginho possibly replacing him at Lazio, which actually Malinkovic-Savic leaving on a huge deal Keep an eye on Jorginho now, because Lazio may now have a little bit of money to do that deal. The other thing to factor in with Pogba here is his injury record. Was really bad at Manchester United, was terrible at Juventus last season. He may be loyal to Allegri, and Allegri may be loyal to him. But if he reports for pre-season, he's not in great shape. It would make business sense, it would make financial sense for Juve to look at this and say, you know what, maybe this is this summer is the time for it to happen. Oh, I'm but sure Juve definitely came out Toby, that, on, on those wages as well. He's he's one of the highest earners in Serie A. If they can if they can clear out if they can clear his wages without losing money on Pogba, what a deal that would be. Right. One other player who could potentially well, we'll see, could potentially move to Saudi Arabia or somewhere else out of Barcelona 
is Frank Kessie. I remember I tweeted on the day when Barcelona signed him. I was like, Barcelona are signing him for free and they're going to try and flip him in six to 18 months. And they look exactly what they're trying to do. They're, they're very, very savvy, this lot, Graham. Yeah, yeah. I think he was a stop, bit of a stopgap, Kessie, and he knew it. I think he's seen players go in there now. Um, he didn't want to leave in January. We know he had options, but we've seen Gundogan go in there now. They're looking at a pivot as well. He's not in the plans. Um, our understanding is now that there's a possibility that he will leave indeed. I think he's accepting of that. And we're just going to see what offers come in. A lot of interest in Italy. He's still highly regarded over there from his time at Milan. Inter like him, Juve like him. Could he be a Pogba replacement? Wouldn't surprise me, actually. You know, he, he could be, he could slot into that role. Um, he has interest in Saudi as well, Frank Kessie. So, yeah, I think he's one who, who will be leaving Barcelona. I think he will leave. Um, he, he's accepting of that now, um, that he doesn't have a future under Xavi. And, yeah, Scott, um, they'll be hoping to make a nice little profit on him. Ferran Torres as well. Quick note on him, Graham. Yeah, as we we talked about, we, we, I think we've been talking about these four wide men, <laughs> the four wide men of the Barcelona apocalypse. Um, Rafinha, Dembele, Fatih and Torres. They wanted to get at least one of them out. They need to get one of them out because there's no room for them, really. Fatih's made it clear he wants to stay. And I think Barcelona want to keep Fatih ahead of Torres, purely because he's homegrown. Is there much between them? I think they probably think a bit more in Fatty. Dembele, they want to keep if it's a new contract with him, which is looking likely at this point. Rafinha did well, actually. If you look at his stats, Rafinha, he did better than, did better than I thought he did. And he actually played quite well. If Torres is the odd man out. He really isn't fitting in there. And and there is interest in England. Arsenal are keeping a watching brief here. They like him a lot. We know Mikel Arteta worked with him at City. Not a surprise. Newcastle like him. Possibility, especially if it's a loan deal. And but Villa are interesting ones. They'd take him on a permanent deal if they could. But the major sticking point here is got Torres does not want to leave Barcelona. He, he he's just saying no. He simply is not having it. So you can't force a player out, but Barcelona are going to do the very best with him. He he has not got a future at Barca, but as it stands, he, he is refusing to leave. He does not. He thinks he can persuade Xavi he's got a future. He's probably the only one in Barcelona who thinks he can, but he thinks it. Taking a page out of the playbook of Frankie de Jong from a year ago. But anyway, don't want to talk about that. Uh, I'm going to flip through a few big players just because we're running low on time and we'll round off with the Sean Dyche ultimate team build uh, Everton at the end. Uh, Napoli are going public saying they're standing firm on Victor Osserman. They want a massive, massive, massive offer if they are to sell him, but they do think he will stay. And I cannot see anybody coming in and meeting the asking price they're looking for, 150 million euros-ish. Kim Min-Jae set to leave and join Bayern Munich, as we've been reporting on nightmin.com over the last few days and weeks. And I'll pass over just a quick one, Toby. Declan Rice to Arsenal is not an, not official, but it is basically done. Yeah, word. everything that needs to be done, he's done his media bits, medical is completed. There's just a few formalities to be concluded. And I think Declan Rice may actually be away again on holiday. I think he was pictured in Portugal. Um, so there's just a few odds and ends holding this up, but the move is going to happen. It will be announced potentially at the end of this week. And we anticipate Arsenal uh, confirming Durian Timber as well for my ex. Timber first, you'd think? Yes, looking that yes, way. Indeed. Cool. So there you are, Arsenal fans. Two deals 
on the way. Things are effectively done, just not announced yet. And finally, the Sean Dice show. Everton set to sign Ashley Young, who is a free agent after leaving Aston Villa. But Graham, who could join him up front for him to whip crosses into? Yeah, Everton need to work. And this isn't a ticket Sean Dice. He hasn't got much of a budget there. He's going to have to wheel and deal his best he can. You know, they like El Bilal Toure, who's Almeria, but some Atalanta have targeted to replace Hoyland. Um, the two players who long been on Sean Dice's wanted list, and there is been inquiries made. One of them, Nicholas Fulkrug, um, the Verde Bremen striker, huge, huge target man. Interesting for you in him, but I understand that Everton are maintaining an interest there and do like him. Only 10 million euros we're hearing, so it would fit into Everton's budget as well. Top scorer in the Bundesliga, wasn't he, Graham? Alongside Nkunku, uh, full crook. Yeah, he, he's, he, he is that, you know, he's being called what the the, uh, the budget hurricane in Germany, <laughs> they, call, they called him. So it, I would keep an eye on that one. Um, I think he'd be better suited to the Premier League, full crook, than, than Italy. Um, and the other one, obviously, is a player who Sean Dyche signed previously. Uh, to Burnley, um, he might go back to his former club, Wout Weghorst, one of Scott's favourite players um, for the last six months at United. Um, to be fair, put himself about it, yeah, he is an interesting option. I think if there's a if there's a deal there to be had, I understand that Sean Dice would love to take Weghorst to Goodison Park. Not easy. He's got interest abroad, interest in Turkey. It's not a small deal, so keep an eye on this one. But we do understand there is an interest from Everton in signing Wout Weghorst which isn't a surprise to absolutely anyone. Like I say, we should probably come up with a, a full 11 of Sean Dyche's ultimate Everton wheeler dealer team within the next eight. Well, by the, if, let's say he stays at Everton for another year. What will his team look like in a year's time? Without their cost, probably like, like a, like that. a champion, like a championship one. Cause they'll be in the championship. Big tip there for Graham. Uh, will Damari Gray be joining Everton in the championship by the time they're relegated? I tell, I tell no offense you what, to Everton it, fans, by the way. I, I think if he did get Vegcast or Fulcrug, I don't think there would be. And more to do with the teams who are coming up. Um, Demary Gray, interest from Saudi Arabia, interest from a few other clubs. West Ham looked at him. I like Demary Gray. I think he's great. I thought I saw him at Old Trafford, actually, Scott, against your boys last year. But he was sensational. I like him as a player, but I don't think he quite fits in the system. And there's not that, there's not that many sellable assets at Everton. I think Demary Gray is one of them. So he may have to be moved on to allow Dice to wheel and deal in other parts of the squad. Oh, for the days, Toby, of Dom Dominic Calvert-Lewin, valued at £50 million. Pounds. Yeah, he was spoken about in Arsenal circles, wasn't he? And I think and 50, 50 million has been conservative. I think we might have even seen 60, 70 mentioned. Newcastle, yeah, he was an option for Newcastle before Alexander Isaac at 60, 70. Um, yeah, let, let's hope he has a good injury free. Um because he, he would be a great player for Sean Dyche in that system as well. He, he will score a lot of goals for Sean Dyche if he can stay fit. That is it for us today. Let us know on the social networks at double underscore Scott Saunders, at Toby underscore Cudworth, at Graham Bailey on Twitter, at Graham B. Bailey on threads. Let us know who you think should join Sean Dyche's Everton, who is the most Everton player you can potentially think of under Sean Dyche's management, let us know if you're an Everton fan. Sorry, that, that I'm not meant to be poking fun at you. Anyway, uh, Everton have plenty to do. They're in a difficult position, but this has been talking transfers. 
from Scott Graham and Toby. Please subscribe on all your major podcast platforms and follow us on those uh, links I just mentioned. 90min.com forward slash talking transfers for all the latest transfer news. 90min.com in general for all the latest news from us. And 90min underscore football on all social networks for the 90min channels. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back soon with another Talking Transfers.